My name is Charlie Darnham. I am an 18-year-old transgender girl. These audio journals serve as my slow inspection of a new world, one which my eyes have been forcefully opened to. It's been a lengthy process, but I realize that the things I see day to day are not just visual. They can hurt and even kill me. One of my last encounters almost left me hung till dead, and the time before that subjected me to almost a month in the hospital. But I am starting to adapt. I journal more rigorously, and I've taken up baseball as an excuse to carry around a bat wherever I go. You may say that's excessive, but as a rebuttal, I've almost died twice. And while physically I walk fine for the next day to come, mentally my therapist says I need to take care of myself, which is neither here nor there. However, mortality is exactly what I need to be thinking about, as this next case study is as macabre as I could possibly dream. I stand to believe that the local gravedigger in town is supernatural. Case study 03. Benjamin Aloysius Hunt. After the events of the last case study, I attempted to locate the bodies of all those killed by the Church of the Unbound Ring, a crudely covered cult that hung many around town. They did this by using a noose in the woods that stretched into the sky. After the falling of the church, it's yet to be repurposed and now stands as a husk of what it once was. However, disturbingly, missing people's reports haven't slowed down, and now that I am aware of the sheer amount of people that die around here, that only means that there's far too many ways to meet an end left in this ramshack purgatory of a town. But that's besides the point. I'm working one answer at a time, and these audio diaries will serve as either my greatest achievement or a haunting remnant of whatever is left of me. When looking for whatever happened to those hung, I first tried poking around at the graveyard near the woods where it all went down, a place that, like the docks, I am not comfortable to return to as of yet. But it seemed that while death existed as natural as breathing in this township, the graveyard is kept incredibly well-maintained by a standoffish, grizzled man named Benjamin Aloysius Hunt. He is the sole groundskeeper of the cemetery, and he's very particular about who enters his kept yard. However, it appears that he does seem to have a humor to him, which may be how he keeps himself youthful in a sense. Whenever tending to a grave or digging a fresh one, he is always seen wearing a ragged top hat and a faded short cloak. Whether it's his attempt of a morbid joke to perpetuate the gothic atmosphere of a graveyard, or it's just his taste in fashion is left up to my own assumption. However, the comment I made about his humor keeping him youthful does play into my next point. I have no possible idea of the age of this man. For all my life, I remember him tending to the grounds of the cemetery he calls home, and yet he doesn't look a day over 30. It's possible that taking up an occupation as morbid as this has made him confront his own mortality many a time, 
which could then lead him to take excellent care of himself physically. I say that because I've seen the man lift a coffin over his shoulder with a single arm. So there is a part of me that prays to God that I, I don't have to confront him if he is supernatural. I would also like to state the irony in me praying after the last incident. But be that as it may, my further perception has started to notice cracks in his appearance. His teeth have holes in them. His nails are black, and his eyes glow with a pupilless sickly yellow, which are shadowed under his brimmed hat, most of which would be overlooked in a passing glance, but like all the mysteries of this town, it only takes a second to really look. I've come to realize that I possibly picked the worst mystery to start with. And while it wasn't exactly my whole decision, it seems that the diver was only a drifter through these parts. Possibly because the town appears to be such a supernatural hotspot in the first place, it begs the question how much of the world unknown is drawn to this place. And if there exists other locational infections like this around the planet, Foresight is a blessing in most cases, and being shown just how truly horrid the world is, it's affected every aspect of the life I live. The analogy that comes to mind is growing up. When aging from a child to an adult, a lot of the magic is lost and the blissful ignorance of youth dies. It might possibly explain why so much of our childhoods leave our memory. But I digress. It feels like I was forcefully pushed further to see the stark truth of reality far beyond any human should. This world's so different than the one I once knew. It's drab and muted. Things shift and warp in places it shouldn't, like the small visions you see out of the corner of one's eye. Except now for all to see. Some places seem to be slightly intact. Thankfully, places like the gravy train diner seem as normal as a place can anymore. I can give up a lot, but if the day comes where I have to give up pancakes, it won't come to that. Anyway, after this meal, I'll be heading to the library to look into the history of our friendly neighborhood gravedigger. Oh, no bacon. Thank you. I, I don't like meat. I wonder if I was graded my wish. I always sought knowledge, so maybe that's exactly what was bestowed upon me. Surely blissful ignorance in a sense is meant to protect us, but I could never have thought to this level. We seem to be merely livestock to the inconceivable butchers around us. It puts into question who pulls the string of this hierarchy. Things that defy nature are clearly apparent. The docks were more than enough proof. But Francis and Benjamin seem at the very least to be somewhat human. Is it possible to surpass humanity? Become higher and more powerful than itself? It would be an answer to all of the world's mysteries. 
every legend and story and folktale, were they all just the experiences of those who saw beyond what they should? Or did they become the very legends that spread from children's story to horror movie? Will I become a monster like those I observe? Am I already a monster? Mm, oh, 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 sorry, I got a little spaced out. So, to recap, the local gravedigger seems to be ageless. He is, at the very least, older than my lifetime, but yet his physical feats defy that notion. From what I've found, he seems to be a prominent figure in the town's history. Granted, he doesn't leave his tended yard often. Only for large events, town celebrations, memorials, Founders' Day fair. Hang on. Today marks a great day as the future is paved with glory to come. Four men have founded a new home and safe haven for one and all. Nicholas Newgate, Phineas E. Sterling, James Kingsley, and Benjamin Alicious Hunt. Date, 1776. But that would mean... No, no, it, it can't be. That, that doesn't make sense. I'm aware of my town's history. I was taught it for years. They've never mentioned Benjamin. For audio clarity, in my hands, I hold a newspaper from the day this town was founded. For context, the town was founded by three, or rather four friends, Nicholas Newgate, or rather as he is now known as, Nicholas Black, a man of science and the stars, who, knowing what I now know, seems to have roots far deeper than I first suspected. Phineas E. Sterling, a fisherman who was almost never on the land itself, and James Kingsley, a doctor who stationed the first hospital in town, the same one that stands to this day, the King's Emission Hospital. I'll also make a note that he could possibly be a relative of Augustus Kingsley of diner fame. I'll follow that up eventually. But, but that's besides the point. I'm, I'm going to take my time to calm down from this revelation and get back to this. So, there were four of them. Four founders. How did I never know? And one of them is still walking around to this day like he isn't almost 300 years old. If Nicholas and Benjamin found a way to cheat death and have been involved in some of the other goings-on around town, then it stands to reason that every founder was meddling with the natural order of things. Or at the very least were aware of the horrors like me. It seems that this town's history is far more intertwined with the unknown than I had first thought. I have a sinking feeling that I'm digging up something far bigger than I had originally planned to. Sinking. That, that's besides the point. There is a possibility that Benjamin is, or rather was, working with the church. The whole thing was funded by Nicholas Black, after all, who has fingers in both those pies. And from what I can make out of the last recording, before I was taken by the church, I was knocked out by what sounds to me like a shovel. 
the sort of distinctive clang to which that tool is synonymous with. It raises questions, but oddly, there is an option I have overlooked until now. I could go and ask him. It sounds asinine, I know, but he doesn't seem as deranged as Francis, and he doesn't seem as cryptic as the diver, so what is the worst that can happen if I walk up and ask him some questions? If my recording is me panning six feet under, don't respect my grave, because I died a moron. me, Mr. Hunt? Nah. You're the Darnham girl, ain't ya? Oh, uh, I, yes, that's me. A little unnerved by the fact you know my name, but I guess you've had plenty of time to remember everyone. Right, Mr. Founder? <sighs> I knew you was different. Heard what you did to those church freaks next door. Certainly left them in one sorry state. Aha! So you admit it. You're part of the supernatural underbelly of this town. Admit it? Lost. I never hit it. The only reason you know is because you had a brush with something big and lived to see the consequences. Welcome to the real world, little lady. You either take advantage of it, or it takes advantage of you. Wait, wait, wait. I'm confused. Everything so far has tried to kill me or break me. Last week I had to fend off living roadkill with a backpack. But you're just talking to me? I came here to inquire about things and fill in blank spots in my knowledge, but I thought there would at least be resistance. I brought my bat and everything. <laughs> this isn't normally how things shake out. Didn't think it'd be that easy, huh? You're like me, so you're no use to me. And you're not stopping me do my job. So there ain't no bad blood between us. Heck, I am almost open to the idea of answering any questions you got. As you said yourself, I got all the time in the world. Conversations are few and far between in my line of work. Anything? That I know of, sure. But you gotta promise me that if I answer your questions, you'll never, under any circumstances, stop me from doing my job. Understand? We shake on it like adults. This feels bad, but... Alright. I promise. Good. Now, come back tomorrow to collect yourself. I ain't trying to make this a regular thing, so... You better get everything out of your system at once. I... I... Alright.
after mulling it over for the remainder of this morning, I think I've made a horrible decision. <sighs> of course I'm happy. I'm getting answers from a man that's clearly seen it all, but... Why does it feel so wrong? Benjamin doesn't seem as monstrous as the things I've seen as of late, but... I still don't think he's a saint. I caved in and watched him late into the night. If I promise never to intervene with his job, then I should at least know what that entails. <sighs> I don't know what I expected. He's a grave digger. He digs graves through all hours of the night into his all-stretching yard. It wasn't until the body bag started to convulse and kick that I realized exactly what he meant. He said it himself. He isn't hiding anything. As with a muddied boot, he kicked a very living person into an unmarked grave. And without an ounce of humanity, he started burying his victim as he started to whistle that same damn song. I must have made some slight sound that he inhumanly picked up, because for a moment he stopped shoveling and looked over to my vantage point in the bushes. I won't lie, there was a moment where I thought I'd be killed, but I think even he knew I wouldn't try anything. So with a tip of his hat, he kept digging. I soon ran home and looked back every second step. I need answers to stop myself from going mad, but is it really worth making a pact with a murderer? I'll broach the subject with him tomorrow, as the most off-putting thing about him is how open he is. He was packing down a grave when I first visited him. I was standing on top of a... Hunt. Oh, hello, lass. Got your questions for me. Are they still alive? Pardon? Is the person you just buried still alive? We made a deal. Oh, my apologies for thinking that you were a normal fucking gravedigger. For something to be not normal... It requires first a basis of what's normal. So tell me, little lady, what am I doing that's not normal in the world that we share? What? This? All of this? You're killing innocent people! I have my reasons. But I do have to ask, now that you know, what are you going to do about it? I... Oh, and before you answer... Let me just learn you something. You see, I've been around for too long. Giving living folk to the rot is my way of ensuring I stick around. <laughs> I was arguably luckiest out of my friends, but that don't matter. Because I have yet to spoil. However, death wants me bad. So she gets as close as she can 
just to remind me not to slip up. So if I was to say, cut you with my shovel here, this will be what happens. First, your jaw would clamp tighter than a lead bear trap. Tetanus works fast by my hands. Saves me ears from hearing you scream. Then, infections will work through your wound, bleeding pus and tearing at your veins. Your muscles will dry and crack. Finally, necrosis will kick in. If you're lucky, the wound will sink down to the bone like a freshly dug hole. If you're unlucky, however, you could lose an arm, or a leg, an eye, a jaw. It all depends on where I cut. And if I'm feeling especially malicious, I'll make your chest fester open like a wilted flower, and watch your heart cave in like a piece of rotten fruit. Anyway, what were you about to say? Nothing. I wasn't gonna say anything. Atta girl. So, wanna come inside for this interview? I have the old cathedral renovated as my place. Do you drink? I'll tell ya. <laughs> you gain quite a collection of booze when you've been around as long as me. Alright, and... Um... No, I don't drink. <clears throat> Ahem. This is Charlie Darnham. Case study. Benjamin Alicious Hunt. Interview with um, the man himself. Content. Is this really necessary? You're right. Sorry. I just use it to organize, but... You're right, it's not important. So, um, hello, I... I'm sorry, lass. Huh? I'm sorry for threatening you. I didn't mean all that I said, and I, I threw you off your rhythm. Got you all scared. I forget how off-putting this all can be to fresh meat. You're still a little after all. So I'm sorry. Pay no attention to a curmudgeonly old bastard like myself. Oh, um, I... Thank you, that means a lot. <sighs> okay, point of order. Let's see, I have a list of questions here, if that's okay. Let me know if there are any topics that you wish to not talk about, and I'll steer clear of them. Sounds like a done deal to me. What's your first question? Okay, first question... Who are you? I would prefer nothing cryptic either. Ah, you got me there. My name is Benjamin Aloysius Hunt, and I am an ear-immortal man. I was one of the founders of this town with my three closest friends, and after we all went our separate ways, I settled down in this here graveyard. Makes it easier to continue my work. I see... I can't help but notice you said near immortal. Does that mean that you can still be killed, or rather something else? Aye, I couldn't stop a bullet or nothing like that. Thankfully, most of us fear mongers get so good at what we do by minding our own business. However, if I stop doing my job, I'll also lose my status. 
And your job is linked to the people you kill? It's putting it bluntly, but yeah. I give living folk to the ground, and the rot to in turn extends my life. I'll be honest, I don't completely understand it myself, but I, I benefit from this deal nicely, so I'm not going to ruin it with questions. How we got this far. Okay. I'm piecing things together now. So you sacrifice to a higher power and benefit as some sort of vessel to the rot, as you put it. About the long and short of it. Is it a god? Even if I knew, I, I don't think it'd be that simple. Let me ask you this, lass. Do you care about the ants you pass on the street? The mites that feed on your skin? If there was a being as powerful and as perfect as we dictate gods to be, do you really think they'd give a rat's arse about us? Do you really think we're so special that infinite beings have nothing better to do than just watch us? No. God as we know it can't exist. Gods are our shields we throw up to protect us from fear. This being, the, the rot, is fear. She calls from under my shovel. Lass, I don't think you quite understand. The ground beneath me breathes. She don't ask for much, at least that I know of. So far as long as she allows me the gift of life, I'll dig her a valley's worth of graves again and again. Call me a fool, but I don't think we as mortals will ever understand the beings that hide from us. The lies are buried dead, kid, and some questions don't got answers. Did she ever sound like a song to you? What are you talking about, lass? The Rock, was she ever a song that called you to her? Lass, I've heard talk like that before, and I'll tell you now, sever it. I lost a very close friend to me with talk of songs in the ocean. I never mentioned the ocean. Next question. I see. You mentioned the term fearmongers? Is that a term for people or entities like you? Eh, kinda. Fearmongers is a term that Nicholas coined. He was the one that always was always looking for answers like yourself. But fearmongers specifically related to once humans that took advantage of higher power for their own gain, like me. There are others around town, but if I throw them under the wagon, that'll only create more problems, and I don't need that. But I'll tell you this. Us fearmongers are the most dangerous things you can face. There are what you would call monsters out there, but us... We have the added benefit of appearance, don't we? We could be your neighbor, your butcher, or... In my case, a kooky old man that digs holes all day. What about the diver on the docks? They didn't seem to be human at all. Wouldn't know. Never heard of no diver. But does that mean Francis was a fearmonger? He seemed normal if a bit over the top, and you mentioned connections with them. Eh, he practically did his little sacrifices in my back garden. Of course, I'm aware of the guy. But for as loud as he begged, it seemed like his efforts fell on deaf ears. Maybe even dead ears, could you imagine? 
<laughs> Spending your life sacrificing and praying to the dead carcass of a god. <laughs> oh, the irony. <laughs> ah, but no, we've chatted once or twice. He even paid me to bury bodies in my yard that weren't pure, as he put it. And you let him? <laughs> Not on your horse's life. My yard is for the living. I don't take no useless dead bodies. I'm not about to jeopardize the relationship I have with my siren, just because some Bible thumper can't dispose of his own bodies. He was a good leader, but he hated getting his hands dirty. Always looked at me like filth because I didn't pretend to be any better than I was. Guess that don't matter no more. And I guess they got what they wanted. Surprised you haven't gone to look at your own handiwork. What do you mean? Didn't you hear? They got what they wanted. Made in the image of their god. And all the horror that entails. It was like looking at a beached whale made of limbs. Like a god half made and torn out of the womb. Took me days to bury. Got covered in phlegm from some of the grafted open mouths, I tell you. If I looked like that, I'd only ever make a home in the dark. But I thought you don't bury dead things. I don't. How do you think I heard about you? The centerpiece of that appalling sight was your man, Apple, whatever. To give him his due, he got his wish to be like the things he called angels. However, I don't think he ever thought his wings would be made out of his own flayed ribs kept screaming out for you to come back and for you to make them stop, begging out while his putrid eyes could only stare up at the sky. Do you need me to stop, lass? You look like you're about to lose your lunch. No, no, I'm fine. That night was such a blur, but I don't even remember seeing them. I was so focused on the noose not being there and no longer being restrained. I guess I just ran. Okay, moving on. Your friends, are they still around? When looking into the Church of the Unbound Ring, I found that it was funded by Mr. Black. Does that mean, like you, he's still walking around? Last I knew a Nicholas. Like you said, back years ago when he started investing his money into projects. He was always the most passionate, which was probably chalked up to the entity that he chose to chase. I believe he called it Phobos, after his favorite moon. It called to him from the darkest void of the night sky, on evenings where no star dared to shine. Darkness was his siren, as rot was to me. He was so dedicated, he changed his last name to bear the pride of Phobos. Smart man, but fanatic as a cultist. But to answer your question, I don't know. About twenty or so years ago, I stopped hearing news of him, even with my connections. Could be dead, or he could have got what he wanted and seized the very night itself. The only other thing I could tell you is he always tried to use his brain to get out of the price we pay. He desperately tried to figure out a way to be immortal with no cost. Unlike me that doesn't ask questions and does the work I'm called to do, Nicholas was a perfectionist, so Christ knows what state the man's in. And the other two founders? James and Phineas? James was a curious case. When we first met him, he was a broom kid in a circus. It seemed contempt, a little dim but happy. 
However, when we all founded this town, he changed, became glued to his work, and, like the rest of us, chased after his siren. He called his Mysteria. Said he heard it deep in the human body, whispers in between the beats of his heart. So he opened the hospital and trained to become a doctor. After the king's omission opened its doors, he never saw much of him. And as for Phineas, <sighs> let's just say Phineas was too obsessed with his siren. What was his siren? He called it Deep Blue Tune. It sung for all that was wrong and warped a song that echoed out where no man could push a gasp to scream. Most of the time, deep, deep beneath the waves. So he heard it out at sea. Look, I need you to understand that we only know slightly more about these things than you do. Most of us know nothing about our sirens. Christ, they might even be the same entity, just calling from different places. Humans personify mystery, and we're prime examples of that. Just be careful, lass. If I could choose out of this life, I would. But I've got addicted to living. I can't give it up now. All of that is regardless. By the sounds of it, I can't go back to my blissful ignorance any longer. So I must do my best to survive in the world I find myself in now. I don't suppose you have any tips of things to stay away from? Aye. Most dangerous are the folk you'd never give a second thought. I don't leave my yard often, but some of the places even I would steer clear of are the old Black Arrow site up on the North Cliffs, Lackadaisy Lane, and... Are you... You're writing these down, aren't you? What? No, no, of course not. What was that last one? Lass, I really don't think you understand the danger you're in. Once more and more fearmongers catch wind that some of the livestock can see them true. They'll go out of their way to kill you. You've been lucky so far, but I don't know how lucky you can continue to be. Passion is fire. It fuels, but it also burns. Don't mistake the two, lass. I promise I'll be careful, but I think I have all the answers I need. I cannot thank you enough for taking the time to chat with me, Mr. Hunt. And I'm sorry for assuming you were just another mindless monster. Ah, well, I didn't exactly help your assumptions. As long as I don't catch you stopping my work, my yard will always be welcome to you. Now go ahead and I'm scray, will ya? I don't usually holster the old shovel for this long. I'll see you around, Mr. Hunt. I had forgotten what true youth was like. (laughs) Ah, nice lass. Oh, wait. Oi, lass! You forgot your doohickey. Lass! Oh. Oh, I see now. That makes more sense. She's a lot like you, you know. Please, don't take from her what was taken from you. I knew you'd feel that way. I don't know what you're planning, but if you're still trying to achieve what you failed at last time, then neither your success nor failure will bring you peace. 
I am aware of what we promised, but once I saw what happened to our friends, I changed my mind. They might be dead, but what I watched you turn into was far worse. I stopped caring about the martyr dear or that stupid poem a long time ago, and I'm all the better for it. But you're right, I'm only a dead man walking, treading water wilted and blooded, ready to succumb to the dark. I give you permission to bring my end. I've been keeping my own grave nice and tidy, though I doubt you'll leave that much behind. However, if my last stagnated request still means anything to you, don't let her suffer. Not like we did. She deserves to have it better. That's why we toiled, so folks like her could actually live. Ah, well. So don't ever smile as a hearse goes by. For someday you'll be the next to die. And when death brings her cold despair, ask yourself, Philip. Tranthologies is a trans anthology podcast distributed by the Listless Network and produced by Alex Abrahams and Zoe Davis. Lies Buried Dead was written by Kayla Bell and directed by Zoe Davis. It was edited by Alex Abrahams. In today's episode, you heard the voices of Sage Deutscher Bishop as Charlie Darnham and Avalon Willowbloom as Benjamin Aloysius Hunt. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you tune in tomorrow for another delightfully trans story. But until then, remember to thank your local gravedigger for all the work they do.